week. Um, split the cast in drink or something inside. Um, the foundation of services that we had Rudy share, Ira Kreischer share, and Tidu. Uh, and then last week we did the, the personal service. We had Eric share and Tony share. But tonight we're finishing on the decisions that this where it really is a matter of counting the cost, being self-aware, understanding what it's going to mean, being efficient. Um, that's um, really what it's about. But I'd like to thank everybody who shared up to this point. It's been uh, really very inspiring. Um, the goal really is just for us to be inspired and think, I know somebody like. Rudy, or like Tito, or like somebody who think they can become a Christian too. Um, so uh, tonight we are going to talk about the decisions of this. We're going to have, um, and we're going to really focus on um, two particular um, aspects. One is um, getting baptized, and one is counting the cross. Um, uh, and um, as we help our friends so much really tonight is about helping our friends um, set up to win. You know, when Joseph got baptized on Sunday, it was really exciting, but it's sort of extra exciting because you'll think he's in it for the long run. And uh, that's obviously what this is all about. <clears throat> I always think being self-aware is a really useful thing. Um, so that you really know what you're getting into when you become a Christian. We're going to have two people share that. Ems is going to share, and then Ian is going to share. Come on, guys. Um, shall I hand over to you guys? Yep, okay. Come on, Ems. You go first, Ems.
seven, eight years ago. Um, and then I kind of like met all of you guys and fell in love. And I kind of always knew that there was something in the world that needed like more explaining to me. Like I knew there was something greater. Yeah. Um, and I always felt that in my heart. Like I've been to church with my family and kind of related and clicked with it. But obviously I never really like, put it into practice. And I think the one thing I think feel is that it's very much about actions and like I said we all can struggle with that today um, with things and like choosing the right thing and what to do but um, that's kind of like my journey and so obviously I went through a lot in like making the decisions and that's kind of like what I'll be talking about today um, so yeah that's like a summary and um, so I think for me one thing that really helped me with making this decision was just that like I it was a long decision and like, I spent like probably like three years figuring out like what my relationship with God is and what I wanted it to be and what it looked like. And I think it's about like learning all of us individually, like what is the relationship we want with God and like who God is to us. Because I think it's very much a personal thing and I don't think anyone's walk with God is ever going to be the same. Mm-hmm. And so I just remember for me when I was studying with Al and figuring out <clears throat> like what was important, like God or the world, or like God or my family, for example. And I kind of like went through all of that, but I um, needed to like be reminded of like who God was. And so I think the first scripture that I really felt kind of helped me to know or start knowing who God was um, is 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8. So obviously it's very much a marriage scripture, I feel, but I remember when I was talking with Al, like, she was saying, like, you kind of change the word love to God, and so I think if you read it like that, I just remember this really stuck with me, that it's basically all the characteristics that God is, and that spurred me on in terms of, like, wanting to find out more about what that is, and how I can also put that into practice as well, like, with those actions I was talking about, and so if I read it, like, okay, you in love with God, so it's God is patient, God is kind, he does not envy, he does not boast, he is not proud. It does, he does not dishonor others. He is not self-seeking. He's not easily angered, and he keeps no records of wrong. He does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. He always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. God never fails. Mm. And I think for me, <clears throat> that really just like painted a picture of this clearly um, is like motivation in terms of the way that I can live my life of knowing who God is um, and being able to then put that into practice. <clears throat> and so um, that kind of spurred one of my convictions off and kind of what I go through because I'm quite an analytical brain so I always kind of have to go back to first principles. So with this, I think it just kind of is very like black and white. Like mm-hmm. you can clearly see the type of God that we have and the type of God that we want, all want the relationship with. And that is kind of the mot- like the motivation that like planted the seed for me. And so I think, um, yeah, just like with that scripture, like just to go away and like really think about what those characteristics and what they mean to you. Because I know that like right now, in terms of where I'm at right now, just reading like God never fails is something that's really like st- sticking with me in a moment. Like just in life in general, there's a lot going on, but right now that's a, just three words that right now is just really impacting my life. And I think that with all of us, no matter what we're going through, in that like short space, like you can find something that helps. Um, so yeah, so <clears throat> um, as 
and I know I can get really like nervous with that. It's like just don't let anyone despise you. Like even if people do disagree with it, like what's the worst going to happen? Like I feel like probably the majority of us have all gone through these times where we're in our head kind of going slightly crazy about like I don't know what to do. Like that example of my family, it was like mm -hmm. I don't know what to do. Like they're going to hate me for it, whatever. But in fact, like loads of them came to me afterwards. Was like that was so bold of you. And I think that's why I find just really encouraging is like knowing in the world we can really get overwhelmed with it all and feel well I can anyway I don't want to talk for you guys but I can feel like really overwhelmed and everything with it all yeah. but that we can get reminded that like we need to have that self-control and that it's on us to be able to say no <clears throat> yeah. and that's where like the world and God is like the choice that we either have to make um, and so yeah that was kind of like a summary but that was kind of it <laughs> Good evening, everyone. Hey. That's a long week, hasn't it been? So I want to share that. So I think what Tim um, came through to me and said, look, we'd be able to share some thoughts, and a lot of people probably don't know me. So a brief, brief background. Um, so. Um, uh, and this is purely because, as Tim said and reflected, there may be people that you know that could actually fit in the same sort of belt as what I may have fitted into and maybe we can associate. So if you know anybody that may sound like they've got some sort of a background like mine, maybe I can help out, maybe we can sit together and, and chew the fat and look at the scriptures together yeah. and really have a great time together. So um, I was born into an orphanage in Johannesburg. I was adopted at just under a year old, um, and uh, my parents took me on. My mother then died when she, when I was 12. I was then in a boarding school for many years. I um, from boarding school, I, I I've always really wanted to to learn a little bit more about God. There was always this sort of aspiration to learn more about somebody or something that was higher and bigger than me. Um, I went to a number of boarding schools, in fact, five schools, and then I went and ended up. Um, after school, because I, I started young, I was in the military for a year. I served in the kitchens um, at uh, for the army. Um, after that, um, what can I say? I, I did door-to-door -door sales. I did some really stupid things um, as a youngster. Uh, I then went and met my wife, uh, my now wife, in the nightclub. So, because that's all spiritual. And, um, we uh, we kind of we, we then came to, to to England. Okay, I kind of conned my wife because my my ever spiritual sister-in-law actually I remember going to go and stay at the Smith's house, and um, she'd already moved out. My sister-in-law Sarah Jane Lowe had moved out of the house, and uh, I went and stayed in her room. And next to the bed was a diary to God. And I was like, wow. <laughs> that freaked me out a little. That's actually very spiritual. So when we came over here, they'd already been met at Kilburn Station. Um, and uh, they were baptized. And then we came over in the year 2000. Um, and, um, you know, I think to say that our, our marriage started off um, probably... Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, we love each other, God brought us together, but we started off on probably the wrong footing. We didn't have the benefit of being in the scriptures. In fact, 
um, I was living at home. I just moved back because I'd crashed my sister's car. So I didn't have finances and I lost my job and everything. So I, I moved, moved home and Bronwyn was living at home as well. And then I said, well, let's move out together. And her parents said, you do that and we ride in all part of the world. So um, I, I got married, but it was under those kind of, we didn't know each other because we'd never really spent each other time with each other, dates, we didn't get to know each other at all, we were just, let's get married. Um, and we did, and there was no one in the kingdom, no one, we never sat with anybody, and nobody explained that there's actually a, a cost count, and I'll get to uh, counting the cost in, in the spiritual life as well. Um, and so we, 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 were, we just became married, we came here, and we started hurling abuse at each other. So this was um, in the first month of marriage, the second month of marriage. Um, and the, the lows said that's not on, so we, the lows being Sarah Jane Justin, I then went to church, and it was just down the road, it's funny how God organises that, it was in, um, in, in Westbier School, and we were on the same road, um, and I wanted to go to King's Cross Church, because I was seeking, the whole time I was seeking, it was evangelistic church, and I thought, that's the way we're going to do it, man. we're going to fall over backwards and do all the funny things for God and it's all great. And so I uh, woke up a little bit too late and uh, couldn't get to King's Cross. So my brother-in-law said, well, why don't you just come to church? And I thought, yeah, I'll go check out this cult. <laughs> Figure it out and uh, I'll report back to the folks back home. And, uh, but I went and I was floored. I was absolutely bowled over uh, by a feather. Um, I remember Archie, Kendall, if anyone knows him preaching, yeah. and I just thought he was talking straight to me. And I, you know, so I was, when going through the studies, I was, um, I was sold, man. I was completely sold. I thought, this is the bomb. We're going to do this thing. But I don't think, you know, there's a lot of pride, and I'm not saying I've gotten over that. Um, there was a lot of pride in me. Uh, and I think a lot of people had to try and help me in this decision. But a big thing was counting the cost. Mm. And um, I remember sitting down with the, the guy, uh, Darren Salvarage at the time, and we were looking at um, Luke 14, 23. Now, I don't have it in front of me. I've just got my notes. So I'm going to try and read that. Um, okay, so it says, Then the master told his servant, Go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get the taste of my banquet. This is after Jesus is, um, is trying to relay a message. He was just saying there's a banquet and he's gone and God sent out his, his servants and saying, bring them all in because the Jews weren't listening. So he was relating to the Jews not listening and not wanting to be part of his kingdom. So he's saying that it's open to everyone. And so he's really trying to get the, he was really trying to get people to come into the kingdom, right? Then he goes on and says, counting the cost of being a disciple. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father, mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able 
with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000. If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor the manure head. It is thrown out. Whoever hears ears, uh, whoever has it, ears to hear, let him hear. I think that that kind of put it a little bit more in perspective for me. Um, is I realise, you know, this is I can be eager, but this is not a one-trick pony. This is something that's got to be something that's going to last me a long time. So it's going to be something that's going to be a decision that I can't just frivolously make. And um, there was loads of things in my life that I needed to be changing. You know, I had to come to terms with the idea that this wasn't a temporary sacrifice, but something that required long term. I think in my marriage at the time, um, you know, it says in the scriptures, God hates divorce. You know, He doesn't use hate quite a lot. You know. And um, I was just being so prideful. And I don't think I gave the due love and respect to my wife that she deserved. God created her equal and, um, and loved her. And, and she was a gift to me. And I was really not looking at it that, that way. So I really had to really sit down and do some soul searching, not just in my life, but in my life with my wife as well. Then um, I just wanted to share Matthew eleven twenty eight. Then, then he shared this following scripture with me. Um, it says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I think my motivation is probably wrong here, because... Um, I figured, you know, I, I just wanted to have an, an easier trip in life. You know, I thought, you know, but, but Jesus just says it. It is not going to be, you know, walk in the park. But if you weigh up your options, and if you took that road, I mean, I remember even um, just before the army, I, I, I played a part in a movie. Um, it was a, a movie that was shot in South Africa. And instead, of, this guy offered me a part in more movies to come. Um, and he said, no, just join our gang. But in, inside me, I knew I had to go to the army because I already had my call-up papers and I'd be, I don't know if the word bunking, do you use the word bunking in the middle? So I'd be deserting, yeah, I couldn't desert the, the, the corpse. So I had to go to, to the military service. But, you know, if you think about your life, it's like the top of the Nile River. Jonas, it just spreads. And, and each decision could end up in a different road yeah. ultimately you know death comes you can hit the seat you know you just but you know you, you know the death death is there for all of us right but it's it's how you get that journey to there it decides this like eternity thing so um, um, uh, then the next scripture I wanted to share was um, uh, Matthew uh, sorry to Peter 1 uh, 5 to 8 so it says, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and self-control perseverance, and perseverance good, godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. 
For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I think what I wanted to highlight there was the increasing. You know, I realized I actually am not going to be Jesus when I baptize. You know, it's not I'm just going to arrive. It's going to be an increasing thing. So I felt like, you know what, if you eat a whale by taking one bite at a time, you kind of end up all be eating that whale. I think the Christian journey is that journey. You can't just you don't just arrive and then be like one of the soils where it says you you spring up and then you just kind of oops because you didn't have any roots and you didn't make God your savior for the long term. You know, so I think if you can just realize that you can increase, God's there for you. He's going to help you. You're going to increase your faith step by step, and you can make this journey together with Jesus. Um, then the next scripture I wanted to share was Matthew 26.75. And that says, Then Peter, remembering the word Jesus had spoken before the cock crowed, will, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Now here's a guy, right? He walked with Jesus. Okay, we're not just talking three years. It was probably more, you know, there's times I'm reading a great book at the moment, which is trying to put the... Uh, the perspective of when Jesus was actually crucified and the date, and it's, it's brilliant. But at the same time, I just realized Peter slept under the stars with him, saw awesome miracles. This first one to the last one, raising up of the daughter, uh, the, 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 the widowed woman's son, her only son, raising Lazarus, um, doing some awesome miracles. But he denied Jesus. I know that might be a selfish motivation in a way, because I'm thinking, gee, was it Peter couldn't even do it right? Maybe I won't do it right all the time either. Uh, in fact, I um, the, the church went through a little bit of a dark period um, in 2003, and um, uh, my wife at the, at the time also took the decision to to leave the church. And I never thought I was leaving God. You know, I thought, you know, the church has got it wrong, man. So I thought I'm leaving this church. It was about 2004, and I said no. The church has got it wrong. I love God and they're not doing it right. Instead, there's so much pride. Not, I'm going to help stick around, realize that she was the all. You know, even the, the church in the Corinthians, where they got it wrong. The Corinthians got it wrong so terribly after just short 70 years after Jesus left. So how could we think that after 2,000 years, we're not going to make mistakes, right? So, so but I, I, I just left. But let me tell you something you can't leave the church without leaving God. I've been there. You start making compromises. You know, there's this, there's this um, one of the scriptures when, we, when, when you study the Bible, they talk about the fire. And you know, if you take a coal out the fire and you put it a couple of meters away, what happens? Well, the coal dies down. It becomes this, this ember. It just becomes black and dark. But when you put it back in the flames, it becomes this red um, sort of coal that it, it, it brings back to life. That's the church. That's the body of Christ. And as soon as I was taken away, all those principles, I tried churches. I tried to go to other churches and see if I could get the scriptures back into my life. But I started making compromises, um, both in my life, my marriage, my job. Uh, I was lucky that one of the ladies that I was semi-flirting with at work, which is bad, she actually invited me to church. And so we came back to church. And it was through that that I was able to be restored to the kingdom. Um, and, you know, I, I can't express 
the hurt and pain that happened through those years. And I'm not saying that we haven't, haven't done some silly things since then either, because I'm fallible. But, but I'm, I'm just so super grateful that I've got people around me that call me higher to God um, in making the decision. And there's this last, uh, last scripture I wanted to um, share was Hebrews 12, 1. And it says there, this cranium, my neck is not really working. Um, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily, easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. I think if, if you get into a habit of just fixing your eyes on Jesus, Realizing, and I know, you know, I've got this thing, you know, where I, when I'm going through a dark time in my, in my walk with God, I just think, you know, I've got many friends in the kingdom actually, and unfortunately have already passed away. But I just got this, this thing where you, I'm going to talk about the Comrades Marathon, no one's going to have a clue what that is, but it's a, just think of a big marathon where people run double the length of a normal standard marathon, it's like 90 k's on the road running, right? And it's a long slog. You've trained all your life for this, or you trained for a long, long time. And sometimes you're like crawling, leopard crawling, just to get to that, that finish line. You just want to make it, but you've got this, as you come into the stadium, and people are trying to hold you and carry you and drag you across that line, but you've got this, this whole crowd of people just cheering you on. And I kind of think, for me, that's the Christian walk. I just picture these guys that really great warriors, Fraser Pearson, and a lot of guys that I know in heaven just saying, come on, you can do it. And there was this, um, there was a sermon, a, a gentleman in South Africa, Justin Renton, some of you may not know him, but he, he shared this sermon and he was saying, you know, life is in your Christian walk, and then he gets this length of rope, right? How this rope is, it is like you get somebody out of the audience and they grab this rope and they start walking out the door. And it's, you know, we've got a hall that fits over a thousand people in, in South Africa. So there's a congregation of about 450. So if you have visitors, it can really get big. So it gets this, this, that person to walk and the person walks slowly just with his, with his rope all the way out the door. And he's got this masking tape, this insulation tape, and he covers about this much. And he says, you, you see this little piece here? That's your 80 odd years in this world. That's, that's this. And then he'll say, okay, now, now look at that rope. How it goes past whales. After you go past whales, you're going to hit the ocean, you're going to hit the Americas, and you're going to carry on past there into the sunset, into space, past the moon. And, and, he's, and he's, he's representing time. He says, that's, that's eternity. And, and, and all it takes is what you did. Yeah. In those 80 years. And so, a lot of that, when you think of it, you combine that with these like, people cheering you on and, I can make this, you know? And that's the cost you've got to count. You've got to think about, there will be a rocky road. There is this rocky road out there. But you know, with Jesus and with the fellowship and being real, just being real with those around you, that's going to get you through that's going to power you through those moments. I hope that helped. I hope you can. If there's anything I can help or anybody you're studying with or anything that can be relatable, 
uh, I'm going to do my best in this room. Uh, it turns out, Hank Dam is fancying. We want to preserve our in season, out season series. Um, the thing that comes across very clearly tonight is just uh, really making a sort of decision. And that's what we want to have our friends make. Um, one of my favorite scriptures, which I'll just read quickly, says, um, Jesus replied, no one who, who puts a hand to the plow who looks back is fit for service <coughs> in the kingdom of God. And uh, uh, what we want to help our friends do is to make really great sort of decisions. So let's be courageous as, uh, as people, as God's people, invite people to share, um, share the scriptures with them, and look at the, um, look at some scriptures that really meet their needs, help them make decisions, and decisions for us. Thank you very much. Thank you.